0: What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy. I'm your host, Ro. I'm Susanna, And this is Lilith. And we have a great show. We're going to talk all things royal family, including that new interview with Meghan and Harry and Oprah that's garnering a lot of controversy right now in the British press, specifically from one Piers Morgan. So from watching the interview with Meghan and Harry and Oprah... I mean, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was like, first of all, she seemed really, really naive about the British royal family. And as an American, I have to admit, I don't know that much either. Um, so I don't know if there's like more history there that you can go into.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> the resident FDS historian will now take over and give you a whistle stop tour of the um, history of the royal family, just to put the the Meghan and Harry interview into more context, because it seems like a lot of the people who are watching that interview may not necessarily understand how the royal family, um, you know, works as an institution. So the royal family is essentially, like any royal family, is about self-preservation. You know, they are all about, you know, producing heirs and passing down their wealth titles and rules and customs down to the next generation so they can keep going. And so power remains with them. So in terms of the royal family, when it comes to marriage and relationships, they don't operate on the same, I guess they don't, Subscribe to the same rules that we would do. So, for example, William and Harry, they have to get the Queen's permission. You know when they want to marry somebody, so the Queen can actually veto. Um, you know their their marriage if she deems that person unsuitable. This did actually happen back in the 1950s when the Queen's sister, Princess Margaret, wanted to marry uh, Group Captain Peter Townsend. Um, a group captain was a a divorcee and his ex-wife was still alive. And at that time, um, people in the Church of England couldn't remarry if their spouse was still alive. So that... Yeah, so the Queen essentially told her sister no, and her sister had to marry somebody else. It was the same story with Charles. Now, as much as Charles is, <laughs> satisfies many, um, he ticks many boxes on the low-value scale, <laughs> he initially wanted to marry Camilla in the 1970s. But at the time, um, Camilla was deemed unsuitable because it was common knowledge amongst the aristocracy that she was essentially not a virgin.
0: wait 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 so he couldn't marry her because she was publicly not a virgin so she had the pedigree and everything was fine
1: Ooh, yeah so she'd had like public boyfriends and it was basically common knowledge that she wasn't a virgin so she wasn't deemed suitable and fun fact charles actually dated diana's older sister before he dated diana oh wow
2: also, wasn't wasn't Prince Charles kind of a fuckboy? Like, he wasn't a virgin when he got married.
1: Oh, 100%. He was in his 30s when, um, and he had a series of, you know, girlfriends, mistresses. He was actually dating Camilla um, under the table before he had to end that because she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't make a suitable bride. So essentially Diana and Princess Diana walked into a a marriage where, you know, she wasn't really wanted by her partner, um, because he was still pining after Camilla. So, um, so yeah, so Charles wasn't a virgin. He was 32 when he married Diana and Diana was, was primarily chosen because she was, she had the right, you know, social standing. She was a lady and she was a virgin. That was quite a big deal at the time. So if we then uh, fast forward to to William and Harry's childhood we see um we see um you know he went through the very public divorce of his parents. Um, Charles and Camilla were recorded basically having (laughs) quite graphic phone sex and it was splashed all over the papers. And then we see, you know, like Harry loses his mother in a very public and traumatic way. There is actually footage of, you know, him as, you know, at his mother's funeral, having to walk behind her coffin in front of millions of people. And he wasn't allowed to cry. Like, that is one of the rules of the royal families that you'll never see them cry in public. Um, So it seems like... So it seems like Harry has been traumatised by the death of his mother. And if we look at his position, he was... You know, they referred to William and Harry in the papers at the time as the heir and the spare, which is quite... Which, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, bust up the violin for Harry as he's still a millionaire, but it's quite, you know, upsetting to know that you'll always be second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, fiddle to your brother, depending on how many children he has. And Princess Diana always used to say that she, you know, she would always give Harry a bit more attention when they were boys because she said William will one day be king and he will have all the attention and ad- adulation and adoration um You know, but Harry, you know, won't. And we see this when he starts to become a young man. He sort of goes off the rails. So he was seen, you know, dressing up as a Nazi.
0: Wait, what? Harry dressed up as a Nazi? What? Yeah, I was going to ask about that because that... And he was an American when he did that, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, I think he went through a phase from like 2002 to about 2008 where he just went off the rails. Like, he called one of his... Because he served in the army, um, and he called another soldier, like, a racial slur um, He was caught doing strip poker in Vegas Like, he just did all the sorts of things that, I guess, a wild child, so to speak, would do And that's... I sort of understand that because he doesn't really have a place in the British or a family Especially after, you know, William, you know, married Kate Middleton and they started having a family, he was essentially he was essentially made irrelevant by the arrival of his nieces and his nephews because it pushes him further and further down the line of succession. So we see Harry sort of having an existential crisis almost, and then comes along, you know, Meghan Markle. Now. From the interview, I 100% agree with Ro that she comes across as very naive about how the royal family works.
0: Naive to the point where I struggled to believe at first that she didn't Google him at all. I was like, how do you not Google somebody in... 2020 or whenever they got together 2018
1: do you know what i mean i mean and the thing is he could have easily have been like prince naveen and princess and the frog have no money like you would just want to google just to make sure that he is who he says he is so yeah i mean
0: well she said they had mutual friends and those mutual friends vouched for him i could see it being like especially of the celebrity classes that they understand the tabloids right nonsense all the time so i would have believed her more if she said oh i did google him but i didn't believe any of these things or i didn't completely understand because what she did say she didn't completely understand the firm or the job because there's not really uh uh, there's there's the british royal family's public image and then behind the scenes which is not necessarily as publicly well known especially not to americans but i kind of felt like she would have at least googled you know certain aspects of the royal family that she seemed to be somewhat uh naive about
1: and even if she didn't i i feel like harry had a responsibility to clue her in because harry has actually lost girlfriends like he was with a woman called chelsea davey for about seven years she ended up leaving him because she couldn't handle being royal or the the potential of being a royal, she was like, nah, I'm out. Like, cause it's a very, very restrictive life. It's not like Disney. Um, You can't even go and see your pair. If you marry into them, you can't even go and see your parents when you want. They have to, it has to all be, you know, pre-planned, pre-arranged, Um, Pre-authorized, you don't really have a say in what clothes you wear or how you present yourself.
0: Uh, Well, she she did mention, or Megan did mention about like wanting to go to the hospital or just wanting to just leave to go somewhere and it being like a huge ordeal. You can't just leave the royal family to go to the grocery store or something like that. It's a massive undertaking every time, a a massive undertaking and public PR job every time you're in the public. So I don't know to the extent that she was aware of that. Is I think. What she was trying to say. And yeah, and Harry should have clued her in because she even said that she didn't really know that she was supposed to curtsy or how to curtsy. And then Harry had to teach her minutes before meeting the queen. The thing is, as American, I think we don't necessarily take the royal monarchy seriously, especially since obviously we broke off 250 years ago because we were like, fuck your figgy pudding ass monarchy. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, she probably didn't think all the formalities were like real. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's the formalities in public, and then there's the people. So she might have thought it was is more or less the same as being a Hollywood person, where you call the paparazzi to do certain PR jobs, but, like, behind the scenes, they're just regular people. But I guess, no. Everything is curated. Their entire life is curated to present an image.
2: I remember um, watching the news while I was in the gym, just, like, on the TV. There was a old news story about her um, closing the door. Like that was a a whole drama where she closed her own car door, and apparently this is bad because you know when you're a royal you have a servant close the door for you, and so the fact that she just got out of the car and slammed the door shut on her own was like a controversy. I remember thinking to myself like, what the fuck? Who cares? Why Why is this still a rule in 2020?
1: And, you know, there was a huge, like, you know, when there's a royal baby, uh, literally hours after the birth, Kate Middleton is all, you know, made up, hair done, and she's holding the baby on the steps, even though she's, she's literally had her vagina ripped apart by, um, you know, a labour and delivery. Um, I remember that it was a massive, massive deal when Harry and Meghan just refused to do that. They didn't want to be... In front of the cameras, straight after giving birth, I think they even, I guess, misled the press about when she was having the baby. That was a massive, massive deal because the royal family are seen as as belonging to the people. They're not seen as their own individuals. Yeah, um, and I think that Meghan wants. She clearly wants to be influ- influential. But the problem is she chose a family where you have maybe the visibility, but you don't have the freedom to be influential in the way that you want to be. So giving interviews to Oprah when she was in the firm, as they call it, was off the table. They carefully control your image, even the engagements that you go to, even the way you walk, the way you wave is very, very curated. Um, You can't just be like waving anyhow you have to wave in a certain way
0: so she claimed too that there was no royal family training either when she came in she was saying that nobody taught her how to do anything now the british press dug up some old articles where allegedly there was like a person in charge of uh giving megan royal training so again what's fact and what's fiction on here maybe they gave her very cursory stuff and then she felt like it wasn't adequate enough but yeah she was saying about how she didn't know how she was supposed to sit. And that was one of the, her first public outings with the Queen. And she was sitting next to the Queen and people were criticizing the way she sat. If you don't grow up in the culture and, and, and America is sort of famously informal, I don't know that we have, I mean, we, a stiff handshake is probably the, the extent of our formalities, even with our president. I mean, especially with someone like Trump, for example, I, we, we don't really uh, have a I want to say, do we have like a genteel class or something like that, I guess, is the way to describe it? I don't think that we do. Yeah,
2: I think you do, but they just sort of don't get, uh, they're not like interesting enough to show up in the media most of the time. Like there's the old money Americans, you know, the wasps and stuff.
0: But see, our millionaires and our billionaires always dress down. That's kind of actually what they're famous for. Some of the old money people, they always dress, you know, in flannel shirts. Uh, Steve Jobs was famous for his black turtleneck. You wouldn't necessarily know who's very, very wealthy by looking at them. And in fact, it's actually kind of funny because the lower you are on the economic line in the United States, the more conspicuous consumption is appealing versus like the very wealthy people go out of their way to not be conspicuously consumptive. Except for their kids who like to snunt on the gram, but like the old, like the old, old money people, right? They don't really... It's a difference between the Hiltons and then Paris Hilton, right? Paris Hilton was kind of famous for being decadent and flaunting her wealth all the time, but the Hiltons behind the scenes were very subdued and they didn't like the the
1: fact that Paris was doing that. So, you you know just going, you know, back to the interview. So, and I'm not really surprised that you know, Megan felt she was so unprepared for it because they announced their engagement in November 2017. They were married by May 2018. So that's probably about six, seven months to... And it's not even just a royal life. It's, you know, moving to another country. Basically, I guess she shut down all her social media accounts. Um, She came to a different country, had to start the citizenship process, which, by the way, the British citizenship process is not an easy one um and also you know try to navigate her way through this institution so i'm not really surprised that she found herself you know very very woefully underprepared um and then she became pregnant very very quickly as well by um the autumn of that year or the fall as americans say um she was pregnant with her first child so
0: the, the thing about that, too, is I feel
1: like the media was
0: trying to spin the narrative that Megan had manipulated Harry into all this and like in that short timeline. But it definitely seems like it was mutual, like he needed an escape route. And then furthermore, he probably wanted to get her on board before she really realized what she was getting into. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, I completely agree. And Harry has always had a very difficult relationship with um, I guess the royal family especially after his mum passed away um, I uh, you know his his relationship with his brother like him and William used to be really really close um, even after William married Kate they used to share a household so a royal household is like you share basically like the same like servants and and one. they had the same like, I think Harry even lived with them for some time yeah um, that relationship was clearly broken down <laughs> How- funny was that pap stroll from william the
0: next day after the interview whose moms did they find in like the full african dress and long box braids and he's like i'm not a racist and i'm like (laughs) where did you find this woman
1: (laughs) here's the thing with william and kate right this is something i've noticed when they like want to do something that is controversial like going on holiday for a month or after this you know when megan said actually kate was the one who made me cry not the other way around They do this massive publicity tour and it's so because like we've literally not seen them in public for about a year then all of a sudden they're they're posing for pictures of black people like you can tell their, <laughs> p- their <laughs> you can tell their stock issued black people <laughs> you can tell their PR machine is literally like you know must prove not racist
0: but I'm like who was the woman who is she did they just snatch her off the street like hey do you want to help us take a picture here like someone come grab their auntie because
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's all so disingenuous because you can literally see them in um, a non-Western country where they are, you know, sitting on thrones that are being held up by Black people. Right. <laughs> and it's like, these images don't compute. Like, you're saying we're not racist, but it's like...
0: There was a, a, a tweet where they said, uh, how are you going to be responsible for 65 worldwide independence days and then be
1: like, we're not racist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, including ours over here in the States. And, you know, you know, William says his family's not racist, but Prince Philip has been known to say some very, very racist stuff, but everybody just laughs off as, oh, dear old Philip again. But he said some really, really offensive stuff about, you know, Chinese people. um, But people just laugh it off, but it's not funny. I
2: I did watch, like, the season one of The Crown, and there's the one scene where she's on tour or whatever in some, some African country, and she says, um... The speech, I don't know what it is, but there's just the line of like, oh, these savages, oh no, under all protection, oh, or whatever. And it was just like, so fucking painful to listen to. <laughs> Did not age well.
1: <laughs> you know, like he said to a group of British students during a trip to China, if you stay here much longer, you'll all be slitty-eyed. And everyone laughs. Wow. I'm not, like, he's just said so... You know, when, you know, when it's like, oh, my family's not racist, I'm just like, sure, pal.
2: Yeah, they're like, oh, it's just, just our racist old grandpa, like, you know,
0: crazy old Philip, you don't have to listen to him, whatever, like, he's set in his ways. And it seemed like they were concerned about the baby's skin color, too. Since they're all optics, they probably had to be completely panicking that the child might come out brown, right, between Megan and Harry. So, who do, you, who do you think said the comment it was probably all of them to be honest with you I, I don't even believe it was one person
1: I mean Harry's kind of he's kind of narrowed down the suspect so it's not the Queen or Philip I mean I can kind of believe it might be Philip actually based on what he said um, so, but the general like feeling in the UK at least amongst my friends is that it's, it's William, it's William. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why he
0: came out with someone's mom the next day. He found his government issued black person to do the pop show with.
1: And he said it so unconvincingly that the reporter asked him, you know, um, he was like, Oh, my family's not racist. Just casually, just walking. So, but yeah, I think, you know, with Megan, I, uh, I just can't, I think the sticking point for me with her is that if she truly went into this completely blind Like that is gross negligence to yourself. But then she also said that her British friends, um, you know, warned her about the press. They said, Harry's great, but the press will destroy you. And she just didn't listen.
0: I think the British press is different conceptually than the press in the United States. The press in the United States, the paparazzi, they do hound celebrities, but... There's so many what we would call flyover states where the paparazzi doesn't exist. So if you don't live in like New York or LA, they're pretty much not going to bother you because they tend to congregate in places where there's high celebrity traffic. So a lot of times... The relationship with the paparazzi and our celebrities is mutual. Like, celebrities do what we call papstrolls. They call the paparazzi to take pictures of them, quote-unquote, casually doing things, right? Especially if they're trying to create a PR relationship for a big upcoming movie or something like that. So uh, the press used to be really, really nasty to, like, <laughs> Britney Spears. And Britney got the worst of it. And maybe that is more in line with how the British press operates uh, now. Um, but now, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how it is from pre-internet versus post-internet, but I know like right when the internet and social media was taking off, Britney was hounded 24-7 all the time. Everything she did was front page news and she was having a literal uh, mental and emotional breakdown. So I kind of imagine that's what Megan was going through. And perhaps when she started talking about like being suicidal and having suicidal ideation that she was probably getting what Americans would conceptualize as the Britney Spears treatment. Um, which I think after Britney Spears breakdown, you saw a lot of people, uh, we saw a lot of the paparazzi back off because, uh, it started actually to make the American public upset to see paparazzi going to crash scenes and trying to get, like, you know, when Kobe Bryant died, there was paparazzi there trying to get pictures of the, of his body and the family hadn't even been notified yet. So the American public has now developed a distaste for angry, aggressive paparazzi. So they've sort of backed off of celebrities and now it's a little bit more mutually beneficial. But I think Um, for our American listeners that don't understand the British press, just
1: just think like the Britney era paparazzi. Yeah. And it, you know, if we look at how Harry's mother died as well, she was pursued by paparazzi. So there was that whole, there's just been that whole distrust of the press, I think, from Harry towards the paparazzi. They actually issued a formal apology, I think, in the early 2000s for basically like pursuing her to death, essentially. I'm
0: surprised there wasn't like a change in the British press after that. I mean that that was such a just such a massive tragedy. I don't know how did the British take it afterwards. Were they just right back on the same media bullshit right after that death? Or
1: yeah, Diana was was very. I mean, she was very very mourned. But you know, as usual, the you know the press were soon back on form, um, and you know the royal family carefully managed their relationships with the press as well. So they they tend to not respond to press um intrusion until it gets really really bad and then they'll strike deals with them. So I remember when um like Charles went on holiday with William and Harry and um, because the press were going to pursue them anyway, I think they went for like two weeks or something. He said, "Okay, you can take photos for the first 5 days and then you have to leave us alone." So they'll strike deals like that mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. that just because, you know, and <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a scandal actually when William and Kate got married and she was sunbathing topless in, on their honeymoon in a, a, you know, a French, um, paparazzo, just, or paparazzi, it's a paparazzo. Essentially, um, you know, he managed to get a picture of her, like, Topless and published it in the French in the French magazines. And the royal family were furious about it, but there wasn't really much they could do there because it was published in France, but but British newspapers refused to publish the photo. So they have a very precarious relationship, I would say, with the press. Um, but again, Meghan wasn't to know the dynamics and you know I will admit in the beginning you know Meghan was quite well received by majority of the press she was seen as a breath of fresh air the first you know biracial um like royal essentially um you know their wedding was really nice it was nice to watch they had a very different wedding the wedding was interesting too because
0: yeah they had they had a black american preacher do was it the officiation actually um so i remember that being very jarring to see this old 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 institution and then see like a a dose of southern american like baptism put in there
1: yeah and he and i remember when he was ranting about I think like basically racism and colonialism and the queen and the royal family were just sitting there like <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> yeah he did not care like he was just speaking his truth When else was he going to get that opportunity I mean but that's America right it was also like when Donald Trump when he came to visit and he walked in front of the queen the press had a meltdown because nobody walks in front of the queen in this country she is the first person but Donald Trump clearly didn't didn't care like he left this old lady in the dust again we do not respect (laughs) your tea and crumpet ass America
0: (laughs) America (laughs) laughter so I shouldn't maybe celebrate that. We do have a reputation abroad of being like very disrespectful I'm of people's boorish. customs, which is not a great thing. Yeah. But sometimes when you just see these very rich, wealthy, like uptight people, it's actually kind of funny to see Americans
1: just kind of trample all <laughs> over whatever they're doing. So you know, when you know Meghan and Harry were saying that you know she was getting too popular and they were threatened by that, it kind of took me back to the days of Princess Diana, where you know you when know, <laughs> when Charles when they would go out on joint engagements people would be like, we want to see Diana to Charles. So basically we don't want to see you. And technically he was, as Prince of Wales, he was in order of precedence. He came first, but not to the people. And similarly, like, you know, when Meghan went out with the Queen... Um, I remember a, a woman in the crowd was like, To the Queen, can you give these flowers to Meghan? Oh <laughs> I was no, like, you don't say
0: that You don't oh, that say was that. the beginning of the problem then. That right there <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the royals they don't like to be uh sh- they don't like to be overshadowed. Yeah, they don't like to be upstaged. Like there was that one speech that Charles had I think we made fun of it on F D S where he said, like, Oh, I should have had two wives and basically just like complaining that like His wife is more popular than him. And it's like, oh, cry, you fucking river, Charles. Like, get over it.
0: So, for the American audience, uh, Princess Diana is Beyonce and Prince Charles is Jay Z. Yeah, I guess he's there, but that's pretty much it like we came to see beyonce okay let's
1: keep it a buck like we we came to
0: this joint concert to see beyonce and
1: and you know it's almost like even when it was it's just like you know beyonce getting dropped from her record label but people still showing up to jay-z's concerts chanting beyonce like even when (laughs) diana even when diana was you know stripped of her titles people still I guess incorrectly called her Princess Diana because she's not a princess in her own right. But she's even now like, um, like Camilla, she's, you know, technically princess of Wales, but she dares not use that title. She calls herself Duchess of Cornwall because the princess of Wales title is very much still associated with Diana, even though she's been, um, you know, dead for the past 27, 20, 25 years, you know, it's Uh... such a strong association. Between um, And I'm not sure if anyone will ever hold the Princess of Wales title again after Diana, to be honest, because yeah. you know, people just associate that title with her now.
0: And what's the significance of the titles, too? Because I know she was uh, Megan was upset about uh, Archie not being given a title what she said was uh, essentially his birthright.
1: So this part of the interview, I had to dig into my royal history knowledge here. It sort of exposed like Meghan's, you know, naivety. So the reason why Archie didn't get a title was due to, a letters patent, which basically like, letters patent is basically a law made by the monarch without passing through like parliament. So basically, if they want to do something, they can just write like letters patent and it shall be done sort of thing. So in 1917, um, during the First World War, the British royal family basically wanted to save money, so they did that by limiting, you know, who could um, be, you know, Her Royal Highness Prince or Princess of the United Kingdom. Um, so they don't have to pay for so many people because if you're HRH, you are entitled to, I think, an allowance and security. Um, so they limited it to the children of the monarch and the grandchildren of a monarch. So in actual fact, um, Archie would that he wouldn't have been entitled to the the, the title of prince until Charles became king. The queen could change that if she wanted to, but I mean, that's a separate issue. If she was actually going to, but but yeah, that was essentially the reason why he wasn't automatically afforded the title of prince.
0: But didn't she change it for some other kids or something?
1: Yeah, she changed it for William's children, so she can. Uh, okay, I mean, so she can change it. But the way Meghan was talking in the interview, she was making out that like he was automatically entitled to it, and they just didn't give it to him, which wasn't. Like quite the case, but again, Harry should have clued her up on all this. Harry knows this, or should know this.
0: I think he wanted out, and I think he was just kind of using her. See, so this actually, I think, gives it so much more color because, like, my r- initial reaction to the interview was more or less, Megan was talking about something that was happening in the in the royal family, and it just seemed like she was completely out there by herself, and it also just seemed like she she was clearly insulted by a lot of things that the royal family did and it doesn't seem like harry assuaged her that much it seems like he kind of egged her on and then when they made their exit it was like yes i'm out right so they he finally had an out in megan and so he just sort of it almost seems like he was amplifying her stress about the whole situation
1: yeah definitely and it feels like harry is sort of i don't want to say using megan but he's He's sort of, you know, I think even though he's broken away from the family, as you know, someone born into that, he still feels constrained by the rules and customs that you don't publicly badmouth, you know, you know, basically other members of the family. But Meghan, because she doesn't come from that background, she's clearly more comfortable doing that. So he's happy for her to be the mouthpiece and essentially bear her soul. And because it was very telling at the end when he was like, oh, she saved me. And I was like, yikes. Yeah. That sounds very like codependent. And then she's like, oh no, he saved our family. And I was like, oh God.
0: Yeah. So we've seen the memes on, on like people keep posting them on the subreddit. They're just saying, oh, well, you know, if you're, if your man won't leave his, you know, his monarchy or his title for you, then he doesn't really love you. But I'm like, it seems like that was more a hairy desire that he used Megan to, amplify a reason to leave then he was doing this out of some valiant protection of her. i mean he might have
1: it could be both yeah it's
0: probably a little bit of both but it was probably definitely like he wanted to peace out he sees this woman she's obviously beautiful and accomplished reminds him a lot of his mother and uh has her own money isn't you know like a dependent or anything like that and uh he sees an out and now he's like do you know they're talking about a baby skin color you know and like she you know maybe (laughs) she him being a gossipy, oh my God, you know, like really playing it up. She just seems so insulted by everything. Like she was just shocked at everything. And Harry didn't really seem like he was talking down her concerns about it at all in the way that you've now explained to us, right? especially since she got all of all of her information from him
1: and even still like you know the letters painted 1917 is just a quick google away but i honestly think like you said megan was like all right she's not gonna get a title and then harry was like wow really just looking shocked pikachu face (laughs) knowing full (laughs) well that you know the reason why some of his cousins don't have titles either you know that's that's the reason why some of his cousins don't have titles
0: like so this makes me feel bad for megan too because it seems yeah he's letting her take well the way again the way the british press and the press was spinning is like she's like this evil succubus and has no respect for the monarchy and it doesn't seem like it seems like she she's like a lot of people which they go to an institution and they're very idealistic and they think i'm gonna you know you can use me to be the bridge to the future and she finds out that the old guard and you know uh, is the way we do things. Here's all this red t- tape. This is how things are always done. You'll find similar things like that in America, especially in our government and you know certain corp like longstanding corporations. That there's just a, an entrenched old guard that has a visceral uh, negative reaction to anything new. And you know Harry not really cluing her on the politics just amplified her sense of being attacked. Right.
1: Yeah, I agree. And also, like Megan's problem is she was too far down the pecking order to really make a difference. She was in in the order of precedence. She would be behind um, Princess Charlotte and Prince, you know, Louis, who are what three and five. Like that again. That's gonna do something to your psyche when you know you know your but and you know <laughs> the more kids you know William and Kate you know you know pop out, the less important you get. So, you know, she was really, really far down. I I don't know how Americans, you know, see it, but they saw it as she's marrying a prince. She's going to be a princess. Um, And it wasn't like that at all.
0: I got to be honest, like, I don't understand anything about British royal family titles except for the like obviously king and queen in the first line of secession. And I think that's probably most Americans because we don't learn anything about... Again, like, mo- ma- like most former colonies, only thing we learned about the British is more or less that we broke away from them and they sucked and we dumped all their shitty-ass tea in a harbor once. <laughs> and, they, and they... In the
1: <laughs> Red coat wearing in a guerrilla war type people. I mean, I, mean, I mean, but Meghan isn't even a princess in her own right. She can't even... If she is to use the title of princess, it would be like Princess Henry, which is Harry's full name. She can't... She's not Princess Meghan, so... You see, I didn't even know his name was Henry. Learning new things every day. No clue. Because normally a, mid, um, a nickname is meant to be shorter than your actual name, but it's not. But yeah, he's Prince Henry.
0: I didn't even know... I didn't even know their last name was Windsor till recently. I was like, oh, is that where Windsor tie comes from? A Windsor knot.
1: <laughs> um, it's actually Mountbatten, Windsor, because Philip complained that he would be the only man in the country, wouldn't be able to pass down his name to his children. So it's unofficially, officially Mountbatten, Windsor.
2: Oh, so they changed their last name because of his fragile masculinity. Oh, okay, like...
0: <laughs> I feel like you'd have to take a full course of history to learn this specifically because it just seems so 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 complicated and and I have um I have had uh, friends who are immigrants who tried to learn the American political system and it seems decidedly more straightforward than some of the British monarchy stuff and uh meaning like our ours is more logically arranged where it seems like the British monarchy sort of a- though,
2: is it I don't know I don't know if I'd say the American systems more logical like just my opinion but hey. yeah
0: hey <laughs> 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 well, like I guess if you look at it in the co- in the idea of okay, they didn't want to live in a monarchy anymore and we created all these states and how do you govern a bunch of states well we have to we have three branches of government, legislative, executive and judicial and then we have uh, the Congress which uh represents the states, you know, both based on population Girl, and then I know all this stuff. Okay,
2: but okay, but still, right. like <laughs> 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 But is it less complicated than the British system? Probably. Yeah, like the all the all the nobility, monarchy, all that stuff. I don't know. I'm like so, like I'm so beyond that. Like I'm, I don't know. Like, can I, you know? Queen Elizabeth is still technically the the head of state in Canada, and like no one gives a shit about her. Okay, like it's just we see a, we see a picture of her at the front of all of our boats, and that's it. Okay, that's that's the only time I have to think about <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is when I take a ferry. Okay.
1: So that is the background. And, and I know, um, you know people who have worked for the royals in their households Um and and they often say that when they fall out, like clearly William and Harry have, they just don't talk to each other. They talk through their representatives who then twist stuff round, and then it just adds to the drama. They literally just cut each other off mm. um, and just don't speak.
0: I mean, a lot of people have dysfunctional families. It, you just amplify it with money and power and yeah.
1: <laughs> and publicity as well. I thought the Oprah... Publicity, um, yeah. But yeah, I think you know and especially on the subreddit when people are like harry and Meghan, high value couple i just think they're not playing by the same rules as we do because they can't you know and i think yeah everyone just sees harry as a prince it will be fantastic like disney but it's really not like the royal family i think overall let's if we're you know, I think they're a low-value institution if you look at them (laughs) as a whole. Like, you know, they've got...
0: Hey, 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 this little country with 50 states agree.
1: (laughs) I mean, if you look at it, the fact that they've gained their wealth through exploiting the non-West, that they essentially prioritise males over... Over females, it's it's very the fact
2: that you can't get married unless you're a freaking virgin. Like, what is that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Only
2: the women. Yeah,
1: they have gotten rid of that now. But Diana was the last one. But she, I think she had to have like an exam to prove that she was a virgin. Something crazy like that. Ooh, Um, that's barbaric. And yeah, and the fact that it's normal for the Prince of Wales, you know, to have a mistress. So Charles having a mistress was not actually, and it was really weird because his, um, like one of his ancestors, Edward, the seventh, I think, his mistress was Camilla's ancestor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read that. So they actually, <laughs> um, but it's normal, and you know, Game of Thronesy in here. <laughs> exactly so it's a very and they're not playing by the same rules and i think it needs a lot of context so when you know women say harry and Meghan, he gave up like you said i think harry wanted him out and Meghan kind of pushed him out the door
0: yeah because he's 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 kind of letting her take a, a big portion of the blame for him leaving and i'm a little bit scared that if they get divorced he's gonna
1: fully throw her under the bus now yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so it's not always... We got your back, Megan. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, I mean, speaking of Megan and her treatment by the press, there is one, like, you know, monumental, as we say on FDS, scrote in all this, and that is Piers Morgan. Right. Um, you know, Piers Morgan is a, is a British broadcaster who has publicly... Um, consistently attacked Meghan pretty much ever since she's joined the royal family. And this is by his own admission because she went, they went out together for drinks in London, um, just before she met Harry and she never texted him back. And he's clearly so wounded that any opportunity to attack her, he will take it. The final straw that broke the camel's back was when he said on, um, on Good Morning Britain, which is a, um, a news show in the UK that he basically thought she was making up um, being suicidal. And the reason why that was, it wasn't because of what he said was so egregious. It was because um, the broadcaster ITV were running an anti-suicide campaign at the time. And that was what finally pushed him out the door. But he still stands by everything that he said, that he doesn't believe her, that he sees her as... Oh my God. You know, tarnishing the poor queen. Think of poor Philip in hospital. The guy's 99. Like, he's going to have health problems. And do you know what I mean? If he can survive his eldest son having phone sex with his mistress, if he can survive Prince Andrew almost admitting that he slept with underage girls, he can survive this as well.
0: Right. Yeah. Let's not forget about Prince Andrew and the completely disproportional reaction to Prince Andrew, the pedophile. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not even alleged. There's pictures, right? He's been directly accused by a lot of the women who came forward during the Epstein trials. And there's pictures of him
1: with the accusers. So. And he's trying, and he's trying to do the whole plausible deniability. I don't recall that, you know, when. Ridiculous. So they can't say I'm lying, but. I'm not going to admit it sort of thing. Like it was just a complete car crash interview when he was interviewed by, by Emily Maitlis, who is an awesome journalist, by the way. And she was asking him about his association with Jeffrey Epstein. I think, I think for me, the cherry on the bullshit cake in that interview was when he was like, you know, why did you go to Jeffrey Epstein's house when after he'd been convicted, he, so he flew to New York and stayed in, you know, with Epstein in his house. And as the son of a monarch, he can actually stay at any embassy. So the New York embassy was down the road from Epstein's house. And he was like, I thought it would be honourable to break up the friendship in person. So I was like, do you not have a phone? Just pick up your phone, say we are done, drop the phone, block his number. Don't talk to him again. Like, Why would you fly all the way to New York to tell someone you don't want to speak to them anymore, and then
2: stay at their house—that is like a an evidence shredding party that definitely happened there. Okay, like they definitely got together and were like, okay, let's uh, let's 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 see what we can cover up, see see what kind of damage management we can get into right now.
1: You know, and it's interesting that Megan is seen as destroying the monarchy for speaking what is, you know, her truth, but Andrew, it was okay. He's going to retire now but we're still paying for him sort of situation. Um, It just beggars belief, really.
2: I mean, she's a woman, so she's going to get more blamed than the man. And she's also an outsider. So, you know, they're going to protect their own. Oh, another thing, this might be a bit of a tangent, but I also just want to point out that um, all monarchies are inbred.
1: It's true. It's true. Like like Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Philip are cousins. They're cousins in yeah. about three different ways. Yeah,
2: on like three different ways, they're they're cousins three times over. Okay, like the thing with, that I don't like. This is what I don't like about monarchy. Okay, is they're actually more closely related to each other. Like the the monarchy of like Greece and the monarchy of England and you know Denmark and Sweden and the rest. They're all more closely related to each other than they are to the people that they rule, and so. You know, of course, they have a vested interest in protecting their own. Yeah, it's about self-preservation. They want to preserve their own system that benefits them. They are have no interest whatsoever or relation whatsoever to the people that they govern.
1: No, absolutely. I think, actually, well, actually, Charles' generation were the first, like, Brits to not marry their, basically marry their cousin. <laughs> Gross. We have those here, but we don't make them into political
0: figures.
2: Yeah, the cousin fuckers of America and Canada are all poor, low class. Like, the cousin fuckers in Europe are all rich people, so it's just a different, it's a different culture. Yeah, there's also, what what is it, King Charles or whatever of, uh, of Spain, of the Habsburgs, he was so so inbred that he had, like, he was just a broken human, the Habsburg jaw, like, just through and through, he was, like, mentally fucked up, physically fucked up, couldn't get a boner, couldn't even stand, I think, like, you know, he was just Ugh. the worst person, and he, yeah, and there's, like, 10 generations of inbreeding that went out, yeah, Charles II of Spain, okay, just, whoever's listening, go Google Charles II of Spain, okay, and then be horrified, okay, that's all you need to know about monarchy,
0: it feels like poetic justice, though, doesn't it? It feels like poetic justice that, yeah, okay, you can keep your precious royal bloodline, but your entire family is going to look fucked up. You're going to look toe <laughs> up from the flow up.
2: Yeah, like his parents were like uncle and niece. What's so weird is didn't they have laws about like consanguinity or consanguity, whatever? Like, you know, you can't marry someone who's too closely related to you you have to get dispensation from the pope but they did it anyways so i clearly it was more of a guideline and not a rule that was my my, that was my anti-monarchist rant it's just they're all a bunch of fucking inbred idiots okay just preserving their own wealth and not giving a crap about the people they govern
1: that's
0: it that's all i have to say about them suddenly americans don't seem so bad huh
1: I think that ultimately, though, Megan is a a very good example of why FDS always says, you know, to vet the, the man you're gonna marry and to go in with your eyes open. Um, from a strategy standpoint, it's just I just can't help but think that maybe a lot of this could have been avoided if if she just done a bit more due diligence.
0: She yeah, she caught got caught up in the fairy tale more than likely, and and I don't like when people call her a social climber. She's been married twice, I think. But her last couple husbands, they weren't, like, famous guys or anything. Like, that. I think she was dating a chef before she was dating.
2: Also, what's wrong with social climbing, okay? There's nothing wrong with social climbing. Go get it, girl.
1: And every woman who marries into the royal family is going to climb the social ladder, like, just, just by virtue of marrying into them. Right, exactly. So it's not just her. Like, the Middletons as well, like, didn't Kate Middleton literally switch her degree so she'd be at the same university as William? Like... The Middletons as well, they're also social climates. Diana's family were also social climates. So if you can snag, I guess, the Prince of Wales or soon-to-be Prince of Wales or even Harry, that is going to improve your social standing in the UK dramatically. All right,
0: well, that's our show. Please check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com as well as our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thefemaledatingstrategy. Thank you for listening, queens. And for all you basement nephews out there, die mad. <laughs> basement nephew. See you next week.